Shalom everybody, today we are learning Shaftim Parag Gimel. In today's parak, we are going to be introduced to three different Shaftim. The first of the Shaftim, as Hashem, we are going to see the cycle that Klai Yisrael starts off by doing Haveris, and then Kaddish Baruch Hu sends a Shaftit, they listen to the Shaftit, and the Shaftit dies, and then unfortunately the cycle starts again. So let's start from the beginning. Parag Gimel, Pasuk Alf, Yilagayim Asher, Niyach Hashem, Lailas Yisrael, it's Klai Yisrael, Lo Yodu, it's Kol, Mohamed Kanat, Kaddish Baruch Hu left, a bunch of nations still in Eretz Yisrael, even though they conquered most of Eretz Yisrael, Hashem left some nations amongst Klai Yisrael, left these nations amongst Klai so that they learn how to do war because as the Mepharshim explained that originally Kaddish Baruch Hu performed Nisan for Klai Yisrael and therefore the Mohammeds were really just up in Nates. however now Klai Yisrael is settling down to Israel she wanted to teach them how to fight a war properly how to do it because the Pasuk says because they weren't aware how to fight there were five governors of Plishtim, Chalknani, Matzidani, Machivi, Yeshiv, Haralavanit, Mehar Baal Hermon, Hamas. These were the nations that were still in Eretz Yisrael. The Helenasis, Bamas Yisrael. We saw this in the parak before that Kaddish Baruch left him in Eretz Yisrael also to test Kaddish Yisrael. Lodas, Hayishmuas, Mitzvah, Hashem, Hashem, Tzivah, Savayis, and Beyond Meishah. They're going to listen to the mitzvahs that they were commanded from Meishah. B'nai Yisrael, Yashu, B'kara, B'kanani, Achitam, Meir, Pizra, Vayachir, Vusin, Kaddish lived amongst the non-Jews. Pasuk Vav Yichas, B'nai Seim. Unfortunately, the cycle of Yaveir has begun. Pasuk Vav Yichas, B'nai Seim, Lelon Hashem, B'nai Seim, Nasan, Levnaim. They gave over Kaddish Yisrael, married their daughters, and they married their sons as well. Vayavdus, Eloheim, they served their gods. Vayasu, B'nai Yisrael, Tzirah, B'nai Yashem. Chayisrael did ra did evil in the eyes of Hashem. But Yishkos Hashem Hashem when they came. Here the pasuk says that they forgot Hashem, which some of the farshim point out that this was someone of a shegig, and that's why this cycle only lasted for eight years. They were only under the rule of a non-Jewish king for eight years. In the later cycles, we'll see that since they were mazed, they were the, under the rule of the non-Jews for a longer period. So it says says the pasuk Zayin. They forgot Hashem. And they started serving away the Zar, Pasuk Chas Vichar, Af Hashem Yisrael, Vimkrim Yad Kushin, Asayim Malach Aram Naraim. So Akadish Brochu gave Klaus over in the hands of Kushan, the king of Aram. Vayavd Bene Yisrael, Kushan, Rishasayim, Shmoyne Shalom, they're under his rule for eight years. Pasuk Chas Vichar, Akub Bene Yisrael, El Hashem, Vayakum Hashem, Yishil Bene Yisrael, Vayishim. Klaus all cried out to Akadish Brochu, and Hashem sent the Savior, he sent the first Shavit. It's Asnil Ben Kanaz, Achikali Vakatim Manu. They sent Asnil Ben Kanaz, who we were introduced already in Yeshua, Pasuk Yod. That he a love ruach Hashem. There was a ruach Hashem on Kali, on Asniel, which we'll come back to in one second. Mishpah Yisrael, and he judged Klai Yisrael by Yitzel Machama, and he also took him out to Machama, which Rabbi Ben Alrani Zakdam explained that the Shaftim that we're going to see in, in the Sefer were not just there to judge Klai Yisrael; they're also there as a replacement for the leaders. Josh Aron speaks out as well in Josh Aleph. Then the period of the Shaftim, the Shaftim played the role of the Melech as well. See, so Asniel took them in battle against the king, and they were successful. They conquered this king, they killed the king, and now Klaiso again was under their own control, their own rule. So what exactly was this Ruach Hashem that the Pasuk is referring to? So if you take a look, the Targum of here says, Ushras Eloi Ruach Nevuah, the Targum seems to translate, that it's referring to that Asniel had some sort of Nevuah, the Rabag as well, brings down over here, the Rabag explains that either it was Nevuah or the type of Ruach HaKadosh. If you take a look at the Radak, the Radak seems to learn a little bit differently. He brings in the Targum, and then he says he thinks that this Ruach Hashem was not necessarily Nevuah Ruach HaKadosh. It was just that HaKadosh Baruch was on his side, and he allowed him not to be afraid to go to war, and that's why he was now going to, that's why he let Klai in battle, because he was not afraid. Now, why is this Neget to know 
whether he was a Navi or not, it's just interesting. First of all, the Gemara Megill doesn't list him off as one of the Nevi'im. The Gemara Nafi lists off 48 Nevi'im. The Gemara doesn't list him off. But the refresh already pointed out of there. The Gemara itself speaks out that there are really thousands and thousands of other, of other Nevi'im. However, these 48 were picked because those are the ones that their Nevuas were meant to be given over to Darius. And that's why it's not necessarily a proof that he was, was or was not a Navi. However, it is Negev, the Gemara in Tzmura tells him Tezvav that when Yeshua was Nifter, I'm sorry, when Meshavim was Nifter, they forgot a bunch of Alachas. They came to Yeshua, they said Yeshua told them he can't bring the Alachas back. Because a navi is not allowed to bring back, a navi is not allowed to bring back halachas from Nevoah. The Gemara says that Asmiel ben Kanaz, this same Asmiel over here, brought back the halachas of Puli. So it's interesting. The Gemara sounds like Asmiel wasn't necessarily a navi. It sounds like he brought it back with Puli. However, it's not necessarily right. It could be, first of all, it could be Asmiel was a navi, and Enechanami was a navi, but he brought back the halachas using Pupil. He used Svara, and that's why, of course, a navi is allowed to do that. Like Rashash and Megillah speaks out that even though a navi is not a halachas, of course, a navi can be like a regular tamachacham and use the tools which a terror allows us to dash with. And of course, you can bring back the halachas that way. Or you could say that Dafka over here, Asnil was a navi, he had a nevuah over here, or he had, he had a ruach nevuah, but he wasn't always a navi. Definitely what to discuss. But Bez Hashem in the overview share, we'll have to talk about more which of the, which of the shaped were nevi and which ones were not nevi. Pasukira, Batishkaira arts, Arboim Shana. So the Ayatisra was quiet, everybody was, it was peaceful, Klaisel was following with Hashem for 40 years, and Esniel dies. It's interesting, we're going to see, we're going to, we're going to go through right now over a 100 year period, and the Psychma are really only going to focus on when Klaisel faced a situation of challenge, only when something exciting happened, but the regular years where Klaisel was serving at Baruch Hu, and there was peace and quiet, that the Psychma don't really talk about that, they don't focus on. Possibly debates, meaning when you, when, if you read the Psychma here, it could sound like there's always exciting events happening, Klaisel is always rebelling against Hashem, we have to keep in mind that for the majority of the time, continues after a single dies. They continue doing negative. They continue doing evil in the eyes of Hashem. So now, brings Eglon, the king of Mayav, to be in charge to rule over Klaisal as a punishment. They inherited, they conquered the city of Tamar. For 18 years, Pasuk Tezvav, again, same cycle. Klaisal calls out to Hashem after 18 years. It's becoming too difficult. So Klaisal calls out to Hashem. Hashem sends them the second shape. His name was Eud, and he was a lefty. His right hand was, something was wrong with his right hand. He was a lefty. So Klaisal sent a present to the king of Maiv. We're going to see Klaisal is going to set up a trap. For the king, and they're going to kill this king. So Eo does this trick. He fashions this sword, this double-edged sword, which is somewhat short so that he can fit in his pants, and he puts it in his right thigh, which the Rabbah points out that this is part of the nace, that Eod was really a lefty, and that's why nobody would say, people generally think that the person is going to keep his sword in the left side, but he kept it in the right side because he was a lefty, which is part of the nace, so that's why they didn't suspect him. That he was going to do anything suspicious. So they sent this present to Eglon. Eglon was a tr- was a very large, a very heavy person. So they brought the mincha, and now he he brings the present to the king. And now we're going to see he's going to trick him. So now Eyo tells the king, "I have something private, I have something secret to tell you. I want everyone to leave." So now the king said, tells everybody, "Go, calling me my love." So the the king calls out to everybody. And they all leave. They leave the room. So now it's just Eid and the king. Now it's just Eid and Eglon. So now Eglon and Eid are together in the room. They're up in the attic. So Eid, the king was sitting down. Eid tells him, the Shaiva tells him, 
I have a message to tell you from Hashem. And Eyud stand and Eglon, the king, stands up, which is fascinating that the Dr. Mesha actually brings down, the Ramah brings down that this is the reason the Khiv that we have to stand during Kaddish is learned out of this is learned out of this Pasuk over here, that since Eglon, the king stood up because he was telling staying over at Hashem, so Kulshikane and Kulshikane, we have to stand up as well. We have to Klai also stand up when we when we hear Kaddish. Pasuk Khafalf. Sticks his hand into his, the right, his right thigh. He takes the he takes the sword. He takes the dagger and he sticks it into Eglon's stomach. He sticks the entire sword into his stomach. The entire thing. So Ehud sticks the entire sword inside. They he does not take it out. Even the handle goes in. The fat wraps around it, and he, he doesn't take it out. Ehud goes outside to the porch. So now Ehud locks the doors. He locks the outer doors. So now Ehud escapes, which we'll see in one second. And then the servants come because their king hasn't come out. They go to the door and they see that's locked. So they thought that he was just going to the bathroom. He was just relieving himself and that's why he wasn't coming out. They wait a while. They saw the king wasn't coming out. So they took the So the servants came in and they saw their king Eglon was dead on the ground. Eyud ran away while they were waiting to, while they were waiting to, to see what was going on with Eglon. Eyud escaped. He passed the quarries and he ended up in this place. So now Ayyad rises, the troops he rises, Clyde slowly blows a shafer, and he tells them, Come, let's fight against the kings of Israel. He tells them that now we're going to be successful in our battles. Akhadish Baruch has given them over to us. So now Clyde is successful. They go fight against the Mayavis. They didn't want to let them in, but they were successful. Klaisel won the battle. They killed over 10,000 people. Mayav was now subservient under Klaisel. And now the land was quiet for 80 years. Again, mostly the majority of the years were peaceful, were quiet. But now Pasuk Ahmed Aleph, we hear Shamgar ben Anas. So now the Pasuk talks about the third Shafit. We really don't know much about him. Pasuk just mentions him. One Pasuk over here, Shamgar ben Anas, Vayachas Plishtim Sheish Meis Ish Bimlamin Abakar. We only know is that he killed 600 Plishtim. The cattle part of Ayeshikam, who has And he also saved Clyde. So in this pack, we're introduced two, three Shafitim over here. We saw the Shafit of Sneel, Shafit Ayud, and the Shafit over here, Shamgar. Just to go back, a few quick ideas on this pack. Going back to the beginning of the parak, the Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch gave Klaisel over to the king, Kushan Rishasai Malach Aram. So it's a very interesting Gemara in Sanhedrin Daf Kafei. The Gemara says, Tanahu Ba'arhu Kushan Rishasai, who loving Arami. That this Kushan that we're talking about is really loving Arami, it's the same person. So Rabbi Yaakov Emdin, the Achreinim on that Gemara, the Yavitz on that Gemara, is Meir, that that's very strange because Lavan lived over 500 years, 500 years preceding this event. So you, you mean to tell me that this king was Kushan was over 500 years old? This is really Lavan. That is very interesting that he lived so long, some, but he learns, he seems to learn that it was the same person. The Yanis Benuziel seems to learn like that as well. However, the Ben Yadon Nakamara says, no, Avada not to learn that Kamara it doesn't actually mean that Kushan was Lavan. What it means is, is that they were, he was a Gilgal, he had the same Tunus and Nefesh as Lavan, but not that it was the same person. It's very important to Marit's Chiyas in a Sefer of the Talmud, where the Marit's Chiyas is discussing different Kolom that we have to understand when we learn different Chazal. So, one of the things he writes over there, a very important idea, that this, we'll find the Gemara in quite a few places. The Gemara says, like our Gemara over here, that this person was really this, this other person. They're really all the same person. Like over here, Kushan was Lavan. The Gemara will say that Haman was this person. Amad, they're all the same person. So, it says the Marit's Chiyas, does that mean they're really all the same person? 
Says the Maritz no. Avad, it's not the same person. What the what Chazal are telling us is, Chazal the Messiah, that whenever we find that there's a, an evil person, a person who is bad, Chazal will t- attribute all the Averis, all the negative things that we find, that person did them as well. Explains the Maritz what's the Peshat in that? So he says, because the Chazal wanted to teach us that a person who's involved in Ra, a person who's involved in evil, he could eventually can be led to do all types of evil things. That's why Chazal will tell us that this person, Kushan, was loving. It doesn't really mean he was loving, it just means that he did the same types of things and he would do all the Averis that Lavan would do. And he also writes, interestingly, that Chazal, the same as Sarah, that they were around. We have a Tzaddik will try to attribute all the positive things, all mitzvahs to him as well, even though it wasn't necessarily the same person, but that it's the same idea that a tzaddik can and should be doing all of these beautiful things. So that's the Maritzchias, again, whether it's actually literally Kushan was loving, or just that he had the same Tunus HaNefesh, or just this Maser of the Maritzchias, definitely an interesting discussion who this Kushan was. Moving on to the end of the parak, the Pasuk and Pasuk Chav says that when Eyot said he had Alekim, so the king got up, he got up from his chair, so Rashi brings down that because of this small little thing that Eglin the king did, that he got off his chair, that's why he was Zeicha, that one of the descendants of Eglin is Rus, which is, which is the Malchus based David, a tremendous Chus. So the Makar Rashi, the, the Medjish in Rus Rabba brings us down that because Eglin got up, that's why he was Zeicha, to have such Chash of descendants, to have Rus as a, as a descendant. So Rav Shach, in one of his speeches, in one of his Sichites, he got up and he asked, he said, I don't understand. All Eglin did, he was sitting down and he got up. I don't understand why he had such a tremendous chutz. Why does he, why does of Rus come from him? And he asked the same kasha by Nebuchadnezzar. That we find that Nebuchadnezzar did such terrible things. He hit, killed 20 people in Klaisal. He burned down the base of Megdash. And the schar that he walked, the schar that he took four steps in front of Chizkiah, so that's Schar, he was to be a king for 40 years like Shalem Malach. I don't understand, four steps, that's, what, what exactly is that? Says of Shach, the reason why we ask this type of question is because we don't understand the value of the mitzvahs that we perform. The Raman writes in one of his beautiful letters, in Maimar Kedesh Hashem, the Raman describes how every single tiny little action that a person does, the smallest mitzvah Hashem rewards that, Hashem rewards the person in an, an incredible way. So that, Rav Shach says, a very important message we see from this parak, even the tiniest little actions, the tiniest little mitzvahs can have a tremendous impact and have a tremendous reward. Have a wonderful day.